Hello, hello, hello. I uh, hope everyone is doing very well today. Welcome to the first episode of Kernels of Truth, brought to you by Progress Kentucky. Some new things. We've got a wonderful show for you tonight. Uh, we're going to check in, of course, with tonight's co-hosts. We'll be doing a quick news roundup. We've got a call to action for you, a very important call to action for you. Uh, and then we're going to have a conversation with our hosts about what Progress Kentucky is and why we're calling this effort Kernels of Truth, and then how you can help take action. But, but first, uh, in order to build a larger, more vibrant, more impactful progressive movement here in Kentucky, uh, you know, I'll be honest, we've been inspired by all this talk of Georgia. We're a little bit jealous of Georgia. You know, Georgia, Georgia saved the Senate. Georgia saved the Navy. Yes, okay, they did. And Kentucky just fell down on the job. But uh, if you've been listening, you know that it is a long process of turning a red state purple. Uh, and we here at Progress Kentucky commit to be part of that process. Uh, we're going to be blending digital media and organizing with kind of grassroots action, sharing our vision for a more informed and compassionate political agenda across our Commonwealth. But it's going to take some resources to do it. Uh, so please visit our secure Act Blue website, make a donation. Any amount is appreciated. Uh, thank you very much in advance for anything you're able to do. So, uh, but very exciting to have the show. We've got a great, uh, great slate of co-hosts this evening. And as we do every week, uh, we're going to start off letting, uh, letting folks know who we are, where we are, and what our protest sign says today. Because again, this is not just some, you know, talking head news show. This is a digital demonstration for more progressive Kentucky. Uh, so I'm Aaron. I am coming to you from Childsburg in Southeast uh, Lexington. My, my sign says, I am standing with Andy reject the bogus Bashir impeachment. That's my sign. Uh, Kimberly, Kimberly, are you here? Where are you? I am here. I am here. Good evening. Hi. Uh, my protest sign says today, hashtag USPS. Can I please have my Christmas presents? It's True. been that long. It's been that long. And that, that's the teaser. It's a story we're going to dig into in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I, I hope it shows up uh, soon, Kimberly. I really do. Uh, Samantha Jean uh, coming to us from the, the other side of the state. Hello. Um, and no, I'm just a time traveler. Uh, so actually, I am here today in Lexington. Happy to be back. And um, so my protest sign, I'm just holding up a mirror and written in lipstick, it says at the top, impeach yourself, hashtag term limits. That's great. Uh, and apparently I can't, I can't tell what, from the back, your background where you are. I was sure you were in Western Kentucky, but no, uh, just down the street. hanging out. Oh, we Lexington. have bedrooms in Lexington too. <laughs> That's a good point. It's a really good point. Uh, and uh, the voice from the other side of the board, Ken, what is your, uh, what's your sign say today? I'm going to, I'm going to take this cue from Nate. Uh, it might be a little long. So uh, my, my protest sign is Dems are in control. Go for it all. Healthcare, justice, accountability, uh, and the green new deal. Not, not green spelled G R E E N E, but green new deal. Gotcha. 
That is definitely a, that's a Nate type sign. That's a, that's a long sign. Oh, Nate, we miss you, Nate. Are you there? Oh yeah, he's in the comments. I see him in the comments. He's watching. It's like he's here with us. Uh, all right, you in the comments, you watching on the interwebs, go ahead and let us know what your sign says. Uh, we would love to hear your protest. What are you, what are you protesting today? The question is, of course, the answer is, what do you got? Wait. Um, all right, lots to protest, lots of news this week. So we've got a news of the week. I did have a conversation, you know, I had a conversation earlier about what we're going to call this segment, because remember, it used to be Mitch in the news, and now we're not going to talk about Mitch every week. Exactly. Uh, so I was saying we should call it News of the Week, W-E-A-K, because a big part of our job, I think, as Progress Kentucky is to expose how horrible the Republican agenda is and how you know, cynical and hypocritical Republican lawmakers in this state are. And if you look at that rogues gallery right there, I would say they are weak. Those are some weak folks, and uh, we should call them out each and every week. So that's, you know, it's a conversation. Let us know what you think. Put in, put in the comments. We will we'll read the chat and see what people have to say. Week, W-E-E-K or W-E-A-K? Because we're going to be talking about folks like like Rand Paul. <laughs> Samantha Jean's got a story queued up for us about Rand Paul. And who doesn't like to talk about Rand Paul? I do have a story and I just got to say, it's just crazy to me. You know, you would think that I mean, we're just juggling impeachments all over the place. It's just impeaching everybody. And you would think that since this is impeachment round number two for Donald Trump, you would have some people go, hmm, maybe that first impeachment was a really good idea, but they're just still in like some state of denial. They're still fighting it. So, okay. So last week, Senator Rand Paul filed a motion to dismiss the second impeachment trial of Donald Trump, saying it was unconstitutional to try a private citizen since Trump is no longer holds the office of presidency. He went so far as to assert that this trial is dragging down our country and is an unconstitutional embarrassment. He, he was even making the point that um, Chief Justice John Roberts is choosing not to attend the proceedings, a point that Paul latched on to, saying that this proves that the trial's merit is in question. I personally disagree, and I feel it supports the opposite position, showing that Justice Roberts wants no part in a trial where Donald Trump is trying to defend himself, because he is truly indefensible. Justice Roberts has declined to comment, so truly these feelings are nothing more than that. They're just feelings. I'll note that Trump's entire legal team has just quit. So yeah, there's plenty of people who are not interested in joining in this absolute shit show. The GOP is arguing that these proceedings could cause more harm than good, since convicting a former president would set an unhealthy precedent. Okay, but if we're saying we can't convict a former president, what is there to stop them from acting like a lunatic and sicking their rabid fans on the nation's capital just days before their term ends? Because that seems like it would be pretty damaging. I just guess that they already forgot how they felt that day and are hoping that everybody else forgot to. Senator Majority Leader uh, Chuck Schumer said Tuesday that the Republican argument is flat out wrong by every frame of analysis, constitutional context, historical practice, precedent, and basic common sense. 
Suggesting that Donald Trump can no longer be tried and convicted suggests that any president can act with impunity towards the end of their term and escape punishment because, you know, we just didn't have time to have the trial before Trump's term expired. So he's in the clear. <laughs> Obviously, these claims are dubious and misguided and could set an alarming precedent for future presidents. Luckily, Rand Paul's motion was dismissed. He was outvoted 55 to 54, and the Senate is moving forward with the trial. But only five Republican senators believe that we should move to convict for former President Donald Trump, an issue that truly should have complete bipartisan support. 45 GOP senators were in favor of, some, of dismissing the trial altogether. So this shows that Donald Trump is still highly supported in Congress, despite losing all of his many efforts to overthrow the election results, and despite his involvement in the violent insurrection that occurred at our nation's capital. It seems many Republican leaders have lost their moral compass completely in favor of supporting Donald Trump over the safety and integrity of our country. Convicting Donald Trump would require support from 67 members of the 100 member, member body. The Democratic-led House has already impeached Trump a historic second time. If convicted in the Senate, the former president could be barred from holding office. Um, so yeah, that feels pretty unlikely at this point, but there are a few senators that say they're interested in hearing the proceedings and may change their minds. What this really boils down to is just the classic practice of avoiding the real question and focusing on some technicality. They're wanting to go after the constitutionality of the case rather than acknowledging the very real problem here. Trump incited a riot on our nation's capital. Seven people have lost their lives to Trump's January 6th tantrum. It was nationally televised. We heard it, we watched it unfold, yet the GOP, led by Rand Paul, wanna argue that Trump is no longer president, so, oh well. And they're accusing Democrats of being divisive. And I just wanna quote uh, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer again, who says, it makes no sense whatsoever that a president or any official could commit a heinous crime against our country and then defeat Congress's impeachment powers by simply resigning so as to avoid accountability and a vote to disqualify them from future office. Senator Gary Peters says, we have a president who incited a violent attack on the United States Capitol and on our very democracy. So it's absolutely critical that we call that out and make sure that future presidents understand that this is completely unacceptable behavior and will not be tolerated by the American people. Um, so ultimately this motion very simply indicates that Rand Paul and the vast majority of Republican senators do not believe that Donald Trump's speech on January 6th encouraging a mob to storm the White House was not that serious, not a high crime of treason and is not worthy of conviction. Schumer said again that Trump's behavior, which included spreading baseless theories about the November election being stolen, pressuring state officials to change vote tallies, encouraging supporters to rally in Washington as Congress certified the Electoral College vote on January 6th, and calling that day for ralliers to march on the Capitol amounted to the most despicable thing any president has ever done. And I believe that he should be convicted. That's all. That's, uh, that's a lot. It's a little bit. No, he was uh, proactive. Thank you, uh, Samantha Jean. So Rand Paul makes a big deal about the fact that 
Justice Roberts is not going to be presiding over this trial, right? And I just wanted to flag, and I'm not a constitutional scholar, but I do know that it says the impeachment trial for a sitting president shall be overseen by this, uh, the chief justice. All the other impeachment activity that the Senate uh, takes on is overseen by the president pro tem, right? And that's who's overseeing this trial, right? Because Trump, you know, say what you will about Trump. He's no longer a sitting president, right? So, uh, but yeah, the idea that you cannot impeach somebody after they're out of office is, is horse pucky. And there's lots of historical precedents for this happening. Uh, and obviously you do need to hold people accountable. And of course the Republicans are squirrely and are getting weak, even though they're pretty fired up in the immediate aftermath when they were kind of shooketh from the experience of being, uh, you know, threatened. <laughs> like when they were, when they were at the, you know, uh, at, at the face of the ugly mob, when they could see them coming, trying to come through the, you know, the windows uh, to get to them, they were a little bit stronger. Now it's fading. I think that uh, uh, one of the other senators made the case, I think Blumenthal, perhaps from Connecticut, that uh, as they bring up the case and remind everyone what went on and bring up some of the, uh, you know, events that were unfolding, you might kind of remind these Republicans how horrific it was and what they were actually living through. But how weird, right, that they're going to be the jurors and they're also witnesses because they all saw it kind of firsthand. Anyway, uh, Kimberly, you have any thoughts about uh, about the impeachment trial and, and Rand's horrible efforts to uh, waylay, uh, waylay the vote? Um, nothing surprises me when it comes to our senators uh, from this great state of Kentucky, uh, Rand Paul being uh, just a useless idiot is what I would call him. Very useless and he is an idiot. Um, this whole impeachment uh, trial that is going on this week and the things that Rand Paul does does not surprise me, does not surprise the American people, I'm sure. And it certainly doesn't surprise uh, those that live abroad. Uh, he needs to go and this trial needs to continuously happen, although we are unsure how it will go. But uh, once again, and each time we bring up Rand Paul, Aaron, I will say the same thing, useless idiot. Yeah, but he is up in 2022, so might have a chance to get rid of that guy. All right, so we're going to move on. To I'm going to run against him in 2022. Just All right. I, will I have a you. quick call to action. So we have one little thing that you can do if you're agreeing with everything that everybody is saying here. Um, you can text CONVICT to the number is 50409. And that's ResistBot. If you've never used it before, it just plugs it right in and sends these letters to um, your senators. So that is convict to 50409. Thanks, guys. Uh, somebody was making the point that Rand Paul's dad, uh, Ron Paul, was the guy that brought Alex Jones, uh, infamous uh, InfoWars spreader of misinformation, uh, person who got sued for harassing Sandy Hook parents. Uh, he's the guy that brought him into the Republican, Par Republican Party. So that's great. I don't know if you folks have seen, there's a frontline uh, documentary from PBS that looks at InfoWars and how it played a key role uh, with Roger Stone being the intermediary to direct, you know, Alex Jones, you know, fever dream garbage directly into Trump's campaign and out of the mouth of Trump. 
uh, and why this QAnon folks uh, have loved Trump so much is because, you know, he's one of theirs. He, uh, he takes the talking points. So that's a really good point. Thank you for sharing that in the comments. All right. So the story we wouldn't need to get into next is uh, the post office. Uh, and Kimberly mentioned it in her sign. I am going to tell you right now, firsthand experience, the mail sucks right now. So I uh, had my birthday in December. Uh, my mother sent me a birthday card as she always does. But it, you know, a couple weeks after my birthday, I'm like maybe mom forgot. And then she's like, no, I sent you a card. It's, it's coming. And I said, you know, I remember when you were born and there it was the, you know, the saw the postmark. It was like a three week process of going from, you know, the West coast to Kentucky. Uh, it's like, what, you know, the, Postal, have we gone to the Pony Express? Is that what's happening now? Are we using, you know, carrier pigeons? Why is it taking so long? I then sent a card to my nephew uh, back to the West Coast. It went. And again, three weeks. Uh, here, my poor nephew thinking that I had forgotten his birthday again. Uh, and, this, you know, he actually, uh, you know, but I sent him money on Venmo. So he knew, like, I was thinking of him. But, uh, you know, I'd even planned ahead. There was like, I, I gave myself a week for the car to get there. And it was a three week trip. It's outrageous. It is outrageous. But of course, you know, birthday cards, no one dies over birthday cards. But a lot of folks rely on the Postal Service for medications, like 4 million Americans get their medication through the mail. Benefit checks, you can't be missing a benefit check for three weeks, right? And Everyone is experiencing this uh, right now, except, you know, Amazon. I'm sure they've figured out how to game the system for their use. But, but why is this happening? If you think back, it is primarily due to the leadership of one conflicted Trump fat cat donor, Louis DeJoy. So he is the current uh, post, postmaster general. And he is, uh, like I said, conflicted. He's horrible. Uh, he took hundreds of sorting machines offline, destroying them. He cut overtime for Postal Service employees. He has generally managed the post office in a very Trump-like fashion, right? Poorly. That's been going on for months. Uh, in Lexington, up to 23 tractor tra trailers of mail have been backed up waiting for processing after DeJoy took a sorting machine offline. Uh, if you recall, many pointed to this slowdown as an attempt to actually steal the election, which makes sense to me. Uh, courts actually uh, concurred, forcing the US Postal Service to stop cutting overtime and putting machines back online were practical uh, as the pandemic fueled voting by mail was happening at an all time high. So now uh, we've got President Biden in charge. So a lot of folks are saying it's time for a shakeup, time to fire DeJoy, but who can actually do that? Uh, that power actually rests with the US Postal Service Board of Governors. That's 11 members, uh, nine of whom are supposed to have the staggered nine-year terms. Nine-year terms, right? Uh, so the reason you have such a long term is so that politics can't play a huge role uh, in the, you know, the you know, machinations of the Postal Service, right? Postal Service, amazing entity, mentioned in the Constitution, Ben Franklin, the first Postmaster Master General, an amazing entity that has been just chipped away at by Republicans. They have tried very hard to make it a political entity. They've tried to kill this entity. Uh, and now uh, we would like to see, you know, see it functioning better. Uh, if you think about this, there's supposed to be representation from both parties with these very long nine-year terms. President Obama 
actually renominated most of the existing board for a second nine-year term when he was the president over his eight years, right? A bunch of those were folks who were appointed under Bush because they weren't politicos. They were just people <laughs> who wanted to see the Postal Service run well. So, you know, like they were doing a fine job. Obama was fine to reappoint them, but they did not get reappointed. Why did they not get reappointed? Why did Bush's appointments not get reappointed under Obama? Well, that's Mitch, right? Uh, so six uh, members should be on the board uh, because Obama just reappointed them, but none of them are. Right now, uh, the, the US Postal Service has become highly politicized under Mitch's reign as Senate Majority Leader. Uh, as the saying goes, neither snow nor rain nor heat nor gloom of night stays Mitch McConnell from corrupting a process to advance his party's political power or something like that. Uh, just like he did with Obama's judicial nominations, uh, Mitch halted Obama's nominations uh, and he let the board of governors basically clear out. There were not people, people were all on expired terms. Uh, so then when Trump came in, he could appoint all the members literally all the members of the Postal Board of Governors right now are folks who've been appointed by Trump. Uh, they fired the previous uh, Postmaster General, who was a woman who'd worked for the US Postal Service her entire career, who'd worked her way up from a mail carrier to run the thing and was doing a fine job. Uh, they put DeJoy, who spent decades working with a shipping industry competitor that used to post US Postal Service. And you know that competitor, XPO Logistics, uh, while he doesn't work for them anymore, he has $30 million of stock in that company right now. Conflict of interest much? Like you, know, you are going to benefit financially by destroying the postal service. Uh, and that seems very clearly what he's doing. So how do you fire that guy when he wants to stay? And the postal service board of governors are all Trump appointees with many, many years left in their nine year terms. Well, okay, there are three vacancies right now, which I'm not sure how Trump and Mitch missed those. So Biden could appoint three folks and under Schumer's leadership, we can be pretty confident that the confirmation process would move quickly. Uh, and there are currently two Democrats on the board, but they were appointed by Trump, but they're Democrats. So some people think that leads to a five to four Democrat majority, uh, which means we should be able to maybe you know, fired to joy, right? But there are some calling for stronger action. Representative Bill Pascrell, who's from New Jersey, he thinks Biden should fire the whole bunch for cause because that actually is legally, a, you can do that. If, you, if they're stinking up the place, you can fire them all. Um, you know, and I think that makes sense. <laughs> I'm not arguing against that move. Give the guy a clean slate. Biden can point them all. It's gonna look bad in the media, right? It's like, oh no, Biden just you know cleaned house of the postal service so he could appoint all his own people. Well, yeah, because they're all people that appointed were appointed by Trump, and they're all horrible because the mail sucks. Anyway, one individual Mitch, Mitch would miss being there for sure is certainly Mike Duncan from Eastern Kentucky. So he's the former RNC chair. Uh, he has bragged that when he was in the Republic, you know, college Republicans, he got to drive Richard Nixon around. Uh, he, owns, he leads a couple of Mitch's dark money packs. So that's like how Mitch knows him so well as time's RNC chair. And he liked him so much, he put him in charge of a couple of uh, his packs. He owns a couple of banks uh, in Eastern Kentucky and Inez, Kentucky. So he's just another Politico doing Mitch's bidding and helping the Republicans hang on to power. It is truly exhausting, right? Analyzing all these things that Mitch has politicized. It makes me tired. It's really... I just want my birthday cards delivered in a reasonable time frame.
Uh, let's make it happen, uh, Captain. Come on, Joe Biden. All right. So, Kimberly, you you know you mentioned in your sign there's a Christmas gift <laughs> that you're missing. What's your firsthand experience with this story? Well, actually, I ordered something on December the second of 2020. And uh, December the 24th, uh, in tracking it, it was in Richmond, Virginia. Then all of a sudden, uh, the day after Christmas, it said exception. And I didn't really know what that meant. So I had to go and look that up. Then um, a couple of weeks later, it said that it was returned back to the sender. So I called the store up and talked to their customer service and they said they had not received the items and on their tracking, it didn't even say that it was returned to sender. So actually it's just out there floating somewhere, who knows where. And also maybe my $1,200 stimulus check and maybe my $600 stimulus check is still caught in the mail as well. Ooh, that that is bad news. Bad news. Uh, Samantha Jean, so what do you think? What, what's your theory? Why is this all happening? Um, so I, I definitely think that they, this has been going on for a lot of years. I think that um, the powers that be have been working to bankrupt the Postal Service for possibly the last decade. Um, I think that it's just in the works um, and with a lot of our, our other systems, like I think that um, what's happening to our postal service, I think it's happening to our school systems. I think they're trying to do it to our water. Um, I think that they just want to privatize. Um, you know, everything has been like so anti-socialism and people have to recognize in this country that there are things that are quote unquote socialist that we all enjoy, such as public education, such as a public postal you know, system. Sidewalks are socialist. Like, okay, this is something that we collectively pay into and that we all benefit from. Um, so I feel like that it, it just seems like the deeper goal was to cause the post office to fail on purpose so that a certain company, say Amazon, could just step in and take over and just take over all of our shipping. And then all of a sudden now we had this wonderful um, public service that is now going to be taken over and owned by a corporation. And so um, and we know that these big businesses are not going to be beholden to, you know, every single post op or, you know, mailbox in all these little rural areas, do you think they're gonna prioritize those people? Um, I think not. So that's what I think is happening, if that's a conspiracy theory or not. But I think they're trying to bankrupt and sell it to Amazon. Yeah, it's not, you know, it's not Jewish space lasers. It's just kind of capitalism, right? It's like, that's just how capitalism works. And these Republican, uh, you know, politicians, uh, they get into governance, not so they can govern, they get into governance so they can privatize, so they can make things, you know, uh, you know put the profit incentive wherever possible. Uh, and I think, yeah, you know, I don't think it's a crazy conspiracy. I think, I think you're right. Absolutely right, Samantha Jean. Uh, all right, so we're going to move on now to our call to action. Uh, we've already kind of, we snuck one in earlier with the resist bot text. Uh, but this is our full on, this is what you got to do if you want to, you know, be engaged with, with Progress Kentucky this week. Kimberly, tell us all about it. Well, the call to action this week is about the bogus, very, very bogus impeachment of our great governor, 
Andy Bashir. And there is a petition out. And have you signed it? That's the question we all need to ask ourselves. Have we signed it? Have you shared the petition? Have you opened up your email or your text threads and forwarded it there? Let's get this thing moving. This is so, this is so incredibly important. If we could top a thousand, that would be B-I-G, big, extremely big. Now, King Rex, this is what they told me. I don't know too much about U of K. I'm a U of L graduate. However, I will say that we did get a retweet from the UK basketball legend, Rex Chapman. He shared the petition. He shared our link. And you can too. Also, you know, with this petition, why it's so important is because our governor, as we like to call him Uncle Andy around these parts, you know, he's done so much and came into his office with a lot from what the previous governor had done. And that would be Matt Bevan. Of course, that's a household name of evilness. But, you know, with this impeachment, they're so upset with him because he had sheriffs and officers uh, doing what any great governor would do, monitor the churches, any places that were open. He's done everything possible that the scientists, the doctors, and we as the constituency, the majority of us, says as far as the COVID is concerned. And one other thing about our great governor, Andy Bashir as well. In case you didn't know, he is a national star now. And the reason why is that he has been tagged for the leader of the National Task Force for Economic Recovery. And this is amid the coronavirus pandemic that we face right now. So we have a great governor, sign that petition. More, more names means more can happen. And we appreciate it. Fantastic. King Rex, folks. King Rex tweeted it out. Uh, I will say this. He tweeted out to his 1.1 million followers, which then translated into, I think, fewer than 400 actual petition signatures. Got a lot of likes, got a lot of retweets. That whole clicking off Twitter to go do something else is very challenging for people. Uh, but so you, you know, use your email address. Go ahead and sign. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. So, so quick point on that. Uh, if you got, if you know any influencers, <laughs> ask them to sign. So ask them to share the petition. Anyone know, uh, I don't know, influencers who's got an influencer. Kimberly got any influencers. You are an uh, influencer, Kimberly. I'm going to get Daryl Griffith from the 1980 NCAA championship from the University of Louisville. He is Mr. Louisville. His jersey is retired in the arena from Utah Jazz. I will get my god uncle, Daryl Griffith, to tweet out something. Nice. Now, we're gonna represent U of L too. That's I just great. Like to friendly competition between the Cardinals and the cats. Let's do it. I like it. Um, also, <laughs> I, I hear you know Amy McGrath. She's got a lot of followers too. 
I bet she could tweet this, right? She likes Andy. Who doesn't like? Everyone likes Andy. Every every Democrat in the state of Kentucky should like and want to back Andy because he is currently the only statewide elected Democrat. He's the hope, uh, the blue hope uh, for our state right now. So we should all be backing him. We can't let these nut jobs in Frankfurt impeach him. I mean, good God. And the people that are actually running the impeachment process, these are not upright citizens. Have you seen this? Like the guy who had the like threatening video of Andy to Andy with the gun strategically placed behind him on his bookshelf, like a very clear threat. The other one's that libertarian coffee shop owner in Lexington that ignored the, you know, the public health rules. One of the other, the other guys like walked up on the, uh, the governor's mansion's uh, uh, porch and told Andy to come out when they had their like armed protest over the coronavirus regulation. What a bunch of nut jobs! Like, and, oh, like, well, they said we have to impeach the you know, the governor, so we have to create an you know a whole committee to investigate it. Like those those Republicans, I tell you what, <laughs> Andy's like just working hard to protect us, and they're like, you know, what we need is a a new committee to investigate these bullshit uh, impeachment charges that the court have already struck down a number of times. <sighs> I tell you, it gets frustrating living in Kentucky and watching this foolishness. It does. It truly does. All right. Uh, I think what I want to talk about right now, if, if I can, uh, is this whole kernels of truth thing. So we are now, we're the kernels of truth. I think I, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be clear. I am not a kernel. I'm not a Kentucky kernel. I'm a, I'm a fan of the Colonel's chicken. Uh, I, I absolutely do eat the Colonel's chicken. Although if, if I'm pressed, I prefer Popeyes. Uh, but, uh, you know, I love this. I love the saying, you know, Colonel of truth, right? There's a Colonel of truth in that. Uh, and so the play on words that our friend Nate uh, shared with us, I just, I, I found it, uh, it's just, I had to, I just, we just had to go with that name. Uh, and I wanted to see like, what do you guys think about the name Colonels of Truth? Kimberly, aren't you a Colonel? If I, if, if my memory serves me well, I think you might actually be a Kentucky Colonel. Yes, I am. I've been a Kentucky Colonel since 1988. I was fresh out of my mama's womb at that point. <laughs> I didn't know they made toddlers Colonels, but clearly they do. Yes, it, 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 it's very exciting, a lot of work, and just like what we do uh, with this show as well, and, and we really make a difference. All right. So you don't think there's like a lot of baggage with the Colonel, the Kentucky Colonel uh, thing? Because I, I think the way it works, and we might actually, you know, try to all get us turned into Colonels. Uh, I think it's the governor that has to sign off on becoming a Colonel. So you need to be nominated, but the governor gets to say yes or no. So hopefully Andy likes what we're doing here. And he says yes to us becoming colonels, because then we can all be legit colonels of truth. But that does mean you can't lie anymore. Samantha Jean, any point there? Anything you'd like to say about that? That would be so cool. Um, I support this idea, but I, I just was thinking that, you know, hopefully... To, now we're little kernels of truth and hopefully we can grow into be nuggets of truth. Um, Trees nuggets, of truth. Nuggets are bigger than kernels. Um, 
I don't know. I just, I think the name is great. Um, I think that it, it makes me feel very proud um, to try to maintain some integrity and some educated words. You know, we do a lot of research. We do a lot of work before we present all of these shows. Um, so um, I feel very proud to, to get to stand up in this way for, for truth. Um, I believe in it. And, and yeah, that would be so cool if we could all be colonels. That'd be, that'd be awesome. <laughs> well, I think Doug's got it all mapped out about how we can do it. Cause I think Doug's a colonel as well. So there's, you know, we got, we got a few colonels already involved, which is pretty great. Uh, but here's why I really like the name. Uh, I think truth is a, is a critical element of our political process, uh, our political political process. And we are going to do that. And we've always, you know, we've always endeavored to tell the truth. We've always made sure that we are pulling from legitimate journalistic sources. We don't really traffic in conspiracy theory, despite what Samantha Jean just posited about the Postal Service. Which I, you know, that was all conjecture. We said it was conjecture. <laughs> but, you know, I, I have a hard time saying it's not true. But I, what, I, what I'll say is that, you know, QAnon, Trump's big lie, they've exposed how easy it is for facts to be ignored for political conveniences. But here, you know, here's the reality. Facts are stubborn things and they've got a liberal bias. I, I know that facts matter. I know that science is real. I know that there's not... There is fake news, but it's not PBS and the BBC and the AP. That's news. That's journalism. And there are journalistic standards that maintain that allow for that first draft of history to be as accurate as possible. Uh, and we believe in those. We believe in science. We believe in journalism. Uh, and we believe that facts absolutely matter. And you know what? Sometimes it takes a lot of strength to tell the truth to be the skunk at the garden party, right? You know who lies for convenience sake? Weaklings. And pretty much the entire Republican party right now. They are willing to go along with a lie because they didn't want to challenge Trump's assertion that the election had been stolen while he was trying to steal the election. They chose to go along with his efforts, his seditious efforts to steal our election because they thought he wouldn't get away with it. And some of them thought he would, and that's why they were going along with him. And it is outrageous that that's where we are in our political discourse right now. So you know, uh, we need to make sure that these lies don't take hold and become these deeply held convictions. We need to always chip away at those lies with the truth. And that's what we pledge to do on this show, on this show every week. We're fact-based. We're a bit biased, I'll be honest. We're proudly progressive. We firmly believe the Democratic Party is the only choice for pe people who want a functioning government uh, that works for the people, not for corporations. We certainly acknowledge that Democrats aren't perfect, uh, but they try. <laughs> they are working to make things better by and large. There's corruption in the Democratic Party, but there's not the level of corruption there is in the Republican Party, that's for sure. And I think when you find corruption out there, we are going to expose it as much as we can. We are not a you know, blanket endorsement. We are progressives. We're going to fight to make our political system more progressive here in Kentucky, because ultimately that progressive politics means a greater minimum wage. Uh, it means you know, systems actually function for people, not for corporations. Uh, it means you know, tackling climate change so that our planet and our state 
Commonwealth remain habitable into the future. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to work hard on this. You know, right now we're seeing Republicans lie with impunity. They're manipulating and taking advantage of their base uh, to deliver for co corporations. Uh, and we understand that credibility is gained in drops and lost in buckets. So we are going to work hard to get it right, to have our facts straight. We believe in the adage that you're entitled to your own opinions, but never your own facts. So we hope to highlight differences of opinion among our hosts, among our guests, certainly among our viewers. We don't want to get everyone singing from the same you know, songbook. We want to expose differences of opinion. I think that's a healthy. That's a healthy part of our political discourse, right? Is when people can agree uh, on the facts, but disagree on what that means for the policy that we want to see implemented. Uh, and that's what you know. What we promise to do uh, with, for you every week here on Progress Kentucky's Kernels of Truth. And I hope you'll join us. And I hope you'll share it. And I hope you'll you know be a part of the conversation. I love seeing an active comments uh, thread uh, on, the on, on the Facebook feed. But if you like what we're doing here, tell more people about it so we can get more eyeballs on it and have more of a conversation. So uh, uh, either Kimberly or Samantha Jean, thoughts you wanna add on, on what we're doing here and why we're doing it? Um, I think it's very much needed. I think that um, the, the road that we're on this journey uh, in a very tough state, a very, very red state. But I do have hope and I do have expectations. I expect for us to turn purple and eventually turn blue. And having information like this come to you, this is one of the key points. So we can all have like this one area that we can go to so we can progress. And you know what? Maybe someone on this show might be nominated for a Nobel Prize, like Miss Stacey Abrams. Did you all know that? She was nominated. She's nominated. Isn't that wonderful? And it just takes fortitude. It takes focus. It takes perseverance. And it just takes knowing and expecting this to happen. And I really appreciate uh, this show. I learn a lot myself. Hey, uh, look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rain on your parade, Kimberly, but you know who else was n nominated for a Nobel Prize? <laughs> Donald Trump, <laughs> some far I'm, right, I'm not, you know what, Eric, Scandinavian uh, politician nominated <laughs> Donald Trump for a Nobel. You know Prize. what I need after that statement? I'm I sorry. need Ken to pull back up the picture of my sister. Okay. Uh, I didn't do it last week, but I need the picture of my, that's not my sister, even though she's my sister, but everybody knows what sister I'm talking about. He knows our, sister I'm talking about. our regular viewers will know at this point that Kimberly okay. was a member of the same sorority. I as still our, am a member. <laughs> is a member, lifetime member. Look at that. That's a great picture. The same sorority as our vice president, Kamala Harris. Took 45 they, minutes. Took 45 minutes, but we got there. <laughs> I don't have on green and pink today. However, I may next week. But, you know, now I feel better after you mentioned that tyrant, that yeah, demon, Lucifer sorry. himself. I needed something to make me feel better. Thank you very much. S Samantha Jean, can you please bring us back? 
Oh, and speaking of sororities, um, I just want to bring up um, my fancy pants liberal arts education that people like to, you know, rat on and say like, oh, those are like, what a worthless degree. I have a degree in sociology um, from Transylvania University, and I'm just saying, um, you know, I took, we had to take whole classes on learning what is a viable source? And I can tell you that we would get in trouble all the time from like, you know, back in the day when we had like cliff notes and, um, you know, little sources like that, like when, like now there's all kinds of little clicky articles on the internet, but used to, there just was only like a few of those and people would find those and your teacher would be like, yeah, stupid. That's not a good source. You can't use that source. And we would be like, Oh, I'm sorry. So I'm just saying it's very important. And I feel, um, and I just feel justified. And I know there's a lot of other people who go, at least I know that a Twitter account that's just like typing garbledy gook, not even full sentences is not a viable source. And if you don't know who this person is, if it's an imaginary character, it's not a viable source. That's not news. Um, these are not facts. So just saying, I went to college to learn that. So that's all. <laughs> well, Trump's not on Twitter anymore. So we don't have to worry as much about that. I'm talking about like QAnon. I'm talking about QAnon. This shit is not uh, real. It's not yeah. real. It's not real. And, not and real. you don't have to go to college to like learn that. But come on, man. These are not, you don't even know if it's a real person. So if that's not a viable source of where you should be getting trustworthy meaningful information well i heard that joe biden is in fact donald trump because they did the face-off thing face so clearly q is all and accurate. liposuctions it's all you know? true and i yeah. eat children i was reading um a pretty sad article um so i'm you know being being silly or whatever but reading a very some sad articles about these QAnon families that are being ripped apart at the moment because there are spouses who, you know, one spouse is like still believing in Q and the other spouse is like, you're crazy, this needs to stop. Um, and it's very reflective of cultish behaviors when a member, you know, when a spouse is like for the cult and then you have, you know, maybe a mother and children who are like, this isn't healthy for us. We need to leave. And it is literally breaking apart families. We have um, spouses who are threatening violence against each other. And so this QAnon phenomenon, it is truly, it is like sending ripple waves. It is damaging people's lives. And, um, and I do, I have a heart for that. I just think, I, I do feel sorry for these people being completely manipulated by absolute lies. Um, and it's very sad what's happening. It's, it's breaking families apart right now. All right. So Kimberly, you want to close us out? Uh, we're just at over the 40, well, getting, getting close to 50 minutes. Uh, so we like to keep this a 45. I like to keep this a 45 minute show. It's, it's <laughs> Ken wants us to shoot for two hours. I think that's a lot to ask. Uh, I think it's a lot to ask our viewers, uh, but Kimberly, let's, let's close this out and just, you know, we'll, we'll see everyone next week. Well, if we're talking about two hours. I need to renegotiate my contract. I just, who do I talk to about my contract? I'm very excited to see your contract. I, I am, I, I will personally pick 
the you know your favorite color m&ms I'll, whatever it takes like I, I whatever it takes to keep you happy kimberly there's no money involved but otherwise i will definitely make sure you get the proper m&ms you know all i need is the love and the respect that i do get from my brothers and my sisters that are kernels of truth and we are big kernels we are running some stuff okay that's all I have to say about that particular part. But you know what? Next week, guess who we have? $2 if anybody can guess. One, two, three. Nobody guessed it. Who is it? You, you got a guess, Samantha Jean? Who is it? Tell us. <laughs> okay. It's on the screen, people. Just read, just read, <laughs> read the screen. Tell us who it is, Kimberly. It's they know. They know. They're watching it. They know. <laughs> It's Representative Cheryl Lynn, 88th District. Love district. her. Can't wait for next week. She's so eloquent and classy, and she likes to get some stuff done. I love her. So uh, I just want to know, everybody, are you ready? Are you ready to jump on this Colonels of Truth train and turn Kentucky purple? Of course you are. You've been dreaming of it. You've been fantasizing of it. It can become a reality for you. And the reason why is you can join Progress Kentucky. Yes, you can. We're very close to 4,000 likes on Facebook, but we need more. Okay, we need to get the information out even more and you can help us. Share, share, share. Tell, tell all your friends, please come on. Invite all your friends in your friends list. You know, you've got like close to 5,000. You've been talking about, I'm going to delete some people. I'm going to delete some people. Don't delete them yet. Send an invitation out to all of them. Okay. We need to collectively be a team to turn Kentucky purple. It can't happen. Plus also we have a brand new website. Yes, we do. We are so brand new. We are shining like diamonds over here, okay? You can go to progresskentucky.org. Once again, that's progresskentucky.org. And we are still on Act Blue. Check us out there. We've got cool news. We've now become wholly independent. While we are still affiliated with Indivisible, we're physically independent, which means more of your donations go directly to our work and work yes we do every week i know you're like kim you say the same thing but how could we do this without ken yes ken howell he's the man with the plan honey let me tell you thank you so much ken couch fire media your company there, it ignites multi-camera, live stream, fiction narrative, nonfiction educational, informative animation, and commercial video production content. Set your content on fire with Couch Fire Media. Did you all like that commercial? I just did. So I thank you, Ken. And once again, the song that you're jamming to, I know you've been like doing that seat dancing. You guys know what I'm talking about. You're sitting in your seat, kind of doing your shoulders off of that song. When we come on, that song is by Nate Orshan himself. Thank you so much, Nate. Each week, I, my shoulders are thinner. 
from exercising him so much off of that song. So you can hear more music from him. Just go to natosongs.com. That's N-A-T-O songs.com. Make sure to follow us, our co-host. Everybody's doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that to make sure that we get the results of this, this particular state turning purple, okay? Our co-host, uh, Denise Gray, she has a show called Denise Gray's Kentucky Conversations. Her next show is on Valentine's Day. So snuggle your honey real, real close and take a look at Denise's show. And you can tune in and get involved there. You can watch the replays on the Blue Glass uh, Activist Alliance Facebook page or at Denise Gray's public figure page. And of course, <laughs> you should always watch the Jones Report every Sunday. That's every Sunday with Mike Broyer and Betsy Foster, Ken Howell, and of course, yours truly, myself. Every Sunday at 1 p.m., uh, we talk on all different kinds of platforms. And basically, you know, we're kind of like all family together. So you can find these shows on the Jones Report page, and you can find Jones Report on this page. We all worked collectively as a family. So go there on uh, one o'clock on, on Sundays at the Jones Report radio program Facebook page. And um, I really, really appreciate you guys. I've had a great time tonight, and we're wrapping it up before the eight o'clock hour. How about that, Aaron? You know how you are about time. I don't know time. What's time? I got nothing but time. It's COVID out here. Uh, I can't hear you, Aaron. You're on. You're on mute. In case, ladies and gentlemen, you didn't know, that's really truly my brother. I just have it's a COVID better. out here. We can't be doing nothing. <laughs> that's great. Aaron is really my brother. I'm just, you know, I got a better tan than him. My sister. Kimberly, Kimberly Cecil Jones, thank you for that wrap up. That was wonderful. I'm gonna go like the page a few more times to get us to four thousand likes. I don't, I mean, definitely I don't even know what to do right now. I just I know. Are we done? Are you, you, know, I mean, you close this I, out? I just gotta hit the button. I need to hear the music. I gotta do a little more of that shoulder dancing. My, my shoulders are a little a little fatter than they need to be. I'm gonna work some of that off. <laughs> the shoulders that I've been promised by Kimberly. <laughs> Where is it, Ken? Where's that closing music? Yeah.